Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you this afternoon. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program, equipping franchisors to help franchisees dominate their local market. To learn more about serving your market and growing your business, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast co-founder and director with Hotbox Infrared Sauna Studio, Mr. Alex Samios. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? We are doing great. Uh, Alex, before we get too far into things, do you mind sharing a little bit about Hotbox? How are you serving folks? Uh, sure. So we are an infrared sauna studio, and uh, if you've never heard, most like most people, what what that means uh, is uh, infrared saunas have been around for over 20 years, uh, very popular in Asia and, and in Europe, but uh, started to take kind of gr- uh, root here um, over the past, you know, 10 years. And really for home use, um, they're, they're like a traditional sauna in, in, in form, uh, but very different in function in that we use, utilize infrared light uh, instead of, a, you know, a traditional sauna is hot rocks, um, and uh, and so we use infrared light to heat the, the the body itself, and so it's operated at a lower temperature and for longer durations. And um, what what I saw ten years ago, I I, I opened the the world's first dedicated infrared sauna studio out in California. It was called Sweet Sweat, um, and as a way to share this technology and the benefits of these powerful saunas. Uh, with, 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 with consumers. And if you didn't want to buy one for your house, there wasn't really a commercial use or a place for the, to, to, to try the saunas. So we really built the sauna studio, uh, and, and for, for folks to try and, and get exposed to it. We put a membership model around it and, and that was 10 years ago. Uh, I opened several locations. I eventually sold the company and, and did some other things, stayed in the industry, operated some other studios. Um, and then uh, last year, got together uh, with the team uh, at Hotbox Now, which is uh, Jessica, Zach, and, and Jamie, uh, and, and we when we formed this company and really are now launching it nationally. It's really kind of ten years of my key learnings in the business in the inf- in, in, in infrared saunas, um, and, and the best of all the different previous models I had built, and kind of taken all of those key learnings and launching it in in, the, in this new fresh model. Now, from, uh, so that's kind of the history. From the consumer yeah. standpoint, is this something they do individually, or is this, uh, you know, ten other people around them in uh, kind of a, no, a it's cedar their, room? They're private. They're private suites. So that was the really the the uh, how how we started ten years ago, and it's it's evolved to where now you know you can watch. Uh, there's iPads in there, and we put full showers in these as well. So it, it's in the privacy of your own suite in your own sauna. Uh, so you can stretch, you can work out, you can meditate, uh, you can do yoga, you can uh, watch movies. Um, it's really your time. It's 40, 40 plus minutes of, of your time. We give you the room, the suite for an hour. 
Um, and, and, uh, and, and so it's a lot of what people say me time, which is great, but you get to experience those in the privacy of your own suite. And then, um, in a given location, how many suites are there? Uh, eight to 12 usually. Um, uh, if you think about it, the model I originally copied back, uh, 10 years ago was kind of a, uh, a, a tanning salon, right? Where you would go into your private you know, room and, and tan and, and walk out. So that was kind of the model. Uh, again, 10 years later evolved into it's a much sexier, hipper, fresher design, uh, much more sophisticated and clean and modern. Uh, and of course, none of the harmful benefits uh, has nothing to do with tanning. I want to make that really clear. This is about a total mind body wellness uh, when we're talking about the benefits of, of, of saunas, which we can get into in a little bit. Now, but it does have to do with sweating, right? That's part of the reason you're doing this is to kind of (laughs) have a lot of sweating. And then so showering and getting, like, it's not something you can just do for a few minutes and leave and go to work. You have to shower. There's a whole process here, right? Yeah. Yeah. We recommend, you know, at least 40 minutes, 45 minutes for the, for the actual session in the sauna. Uh, and that's where you get the most benefit. But yeah, it, the, the real difference is that an infrared sauna heats your core body temperature up, uh, throughout the end of a session, uh, increases at three degrees. Um, and so you're really increasing your core body temp, not just the ambient heating ambient air. Uh, and that's really the difference. We're raising the temperature of your core and that stimulates all these amazing benefits like deep cellular detoxification, relaxation, weight loss. Uh, you can burn up to 600 calories just sitting, uh, watching a movie, uh, which is great. Uh, pain relief, car, uh, cardiovascular conditioning, great for, um, uh, high blood pressure or, or skin cell rejuvenation and, and circulation and, and also great anti-aging uh, for, for, uh, uh, with the, with the skin. So now this is kind of, should be part of everybody's kind of recovery process. Like when they're working out, like you, you should spend yeah, so many, we, just like you, I do cardio so many days, I strength train, this should be sweating, should be kind of built into my routine. Definitely. Definitely. And it can be used in, in various ways, right? Complement it with after a workout for recovery, uh, it is a great way to do it. And, and how I kind of have always utilized this, you know, in, in the morning and then, you know, cold shower, uh, really gets you kind of build your energy and is a great way to start the day. At the end of the day, a nice one and, you know, with a hot bath afterward or just uh, shower off and, and relax, ju- jump into bed is also a great way to, to, to for, for, for stress relief. So it can be utilized you know, in numerous ways, but certainly coupled with a, a workout after, of course, um, uh, is a great way for recovery or to kind of increase blood flow and, and get the heart rate. You know, it's passive cardiovascular conditioning. So you're not going to feel out of breath sitting in these. And that's what we call it passive, but it does increase the heart rate. Um, and, and that is what kind of instigates this fat burn and calorie burn. Now, is a potential franchisee somebody who's doing this kind of by itself or do they own maybe another fitness, uh, you know, property or they own something that's a complimentary uh, property and then they add this to kind of their suite of services for their customer? Sure. I mean, either. But uh, so my partner, Jamie Weeks, is is the largest Orange Theory fitness franchisee. He's got uh, now close to 100 gyms. Uh, and, and the, this is a, a nice compliment though. The one we opened in Atlanta and the first one in findings is right next door to Hotbox. 
uh, excuse me, right next door to Orange Theory. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense to go work out and then jump in here. We're getting a lot of synergy from that. Um, so certainly uh, uh, a complementary, <clears throat> excuse me, complementary to an existing portfolio uh, in the health and wellness space or fitness is a great add-on or, uh, you know, or, or, and diversifying out of those uh, other franchise brands um, or as a standalone, it, it certainly you know, holds merit as a standalone. Now, let's talk about your background a little bit. You grew up kind of in the franchisee world, right? Like your father and you were franchisees yep. um, in early on. Well, my father, uh, 40 years ago, I'm not that old, but, uh, right. <laughs> he but he the, was like a, uh, kind of a real maverick, was, right? Yeah, uh, no, he was the first franchisee, uh, for, for Jiffy Lube. So right. So, I mean, that's, was, ju- was just an early adopter. Yes. Yeah. Kind of pioneer in, in the automotive industry. Uh, but, uh, saw that opportunity as, as one of his good friends started the company and, and he signed the first franchise agreement. So, uh, I grew up in and around, um, you know, business, but most importantly, in around franchising, saw the power of the model now 40 years ago, knew I was going to be around it. And, and sur- surely enough, uh, right out of college, went to work for an emerging brand, uh, Papa John's Pizza. I, I worked for them for several years, built some markets, uh, and, and was kind of there through the, their heyday of, of the growth. Um, after that, uh, beca- I wanted to franchise with them and had an opportunity to do that. And uh, and I did that, and 11 years later when I sold, I had 34 restaurants and was nominated franchisee of the year for several years in a row. So got 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 hooked on franchising at a very young age, and, and uh, I've been in it now 27 years. So now when you were a franchisee and you were kind of accumulating these restaurants, were you always kind of going, you know what, I'm going to start my own franchise? And were you kind of formulating what a franchise that an Alex-run franchise would look like? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, certainly along the way, you take the key learnings. And I think starting as a franchisee uh, or working for a corporate a franchisor, then, 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 then being a franchisee, you certainly wear different hats and, and you're able to look at things through different lenses uh, and take those key learnings and say, you know what, I don't like this, I like this. And if, if I'm going to do this, I would do it this way. And, and kind of take even Papa John's as they were going through their growth you know, still was lacking some things in support and there were some certain, certain things I would have done differently. That said, the impetus to start uh, Sweet Sweat originally, which was my first brand uh, out in, in near New, in Newport Beach, California, was my wife. Uh, she was diagnosed with Lyme disease um, and uh, uh, we, we were, had discovered this infrared sauna just in a chat room and we, we didn't want to try, we, we, we wanted we're exploring Eastern type of, of medicine and, and, and solutions. Well, Western meds weren't the answer. So we bought one for a house, fell in love with it. And then when I, when I started, our friends started coming over and, and enjoying it as well. And everybody, the more I dug into it and, and used it, the more I saw the benefits. And I said, well, where can you go to experience this if you didn't want to spend $6,000 or more to buy one for your house? Uh, and, there, and there just wasn't that option. So that was what we created. Uh, and we opened in, in 2010, uh, January 2010, uh, the first sauna studio and uh, only had three saunas in it. Uh, but within a couple months, we were packed and it was, you know, you couldn't get in. So I went and leased a, a bigger space and put uh, six in. And, and again, those were the original sauna studios in the entire country, really the entire world, but uh, based in the U.S. And, and it, so it was created out of a personal need. We were never really created it to make money and this was going to be this, this huge franchise. That's how it started. 
obviously, as we saw our members and, and, and customers coming in and feeling the benefits, and I guess the, as a parallel path, the growth and popularity of these, but not only from doctors prescribing them now and endorsing them, but also celebrities and athletes and everybody really getting behind uh, the power of these infrared saunas. I think now, fast forward 10 years later, the timing is now, the awareness is high for us to take Hotbox now and really expand that into a national powerhouse. Now, how do you differentiate yourself in terms of when you're now wearing the franchisor hat and, and the business becomes more about training and helping other people be successful as opposed to, you know, every day trying to get more customers into your store? Um, well, there are some other competitors out there. And in in the company that I started, I sold, they, is, it, is still in operation. They have rebranded themselves. Uh, and, 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 you know, there, and there's some other, other players out there trying to franchise this concept. I think number one is, you know, look at the team. Uh, we've got a really strong team that knows franchising that did this uh, out and really as the pioneer of the whole space, um, uh, you know, you got to look at who you're kind of getting in bed with and, and with the success of the team that's driving the franchisor, right? You always look at the leadership um, and their and their track record. Uh, so that number one. Number two is we've got the best sauna in the business. So it's taken, you know, 10 years of learnings to we created a custom sauna that's specifically designed for commercial use in our, in our facilities and studios. Uh, take, in addition from that, you know, we've got uh, you know, Jamie, uh, my partner is, is, is building, we're going to have probably close to 16 locations open by the end of this year, all opening this year. Wow. So, um, we're going to be the biggest player in the industry. We're going to have the most momentum, the best team, the best systems and support are coming with that. And again, it's really a company started by franchisees, right? Jamie and I both have been franchisees, uh, and I've worn a lot of different hats. Uh, Jamie comes out of finance, and of course, Zach and Jessica, our other partners, have been business owners as well. So it's really a, a collective group of entrepreneurs, but uh, obviously with a, with a with a with a big influence of franchising and and what it takes to be a franchisee. You know, what I what I see a lot, and I'm I'm I have interest in a lot of different brands, uh, emerging brands. Is you know, people start franchises without ever having been a franchisee or understanding what it takes to support franchisees. And, and you guys talk about it a lot, you know, um, uh, you know, on your show, but you know, that's, that's an important piece to that puzzle is learning the, the number one job of a franchisor is supporting franchisees. Right now. Um, do you have any advice for other franchisors out there when you have a service that is complimentary and there is an opportunity to partner and collaborate with other brands in order for both of you to be more successful. Do you have any advice how to create those relationships, those win-win relationships with complementary brands? Well, is that so, so from a, you mean a franchisee side, like you said, yeah, like say you're, say right now, like you mentioned orange theory, because one of your partners is an orange theory franchisee. He has a lot of them. So, here you have a service that kind of dovetails very nicely, doesn't compete. It's just a very nice complimentary service. So if you're a franchisee and you see these other services that are complimentary, like you said, it's probably, you get a better deal probably in the strip center. If I'm coming in now with two instead of one. um, So how do you get those win-wins? How do you structure those um, so that you can collaborate and work together? 
Well, we're we're doing it now, and Jamie is you know again trying to identify you know, where you know where where this will be synergistic close to an orange theory. But at the end of the day, it's massage, it's spin, it's Pilates, it's yoga. You know, it's it's all these specialty studios that you know ha- have fueled the, the the fitness industry and just health and wellness in general, uh, from all the way up to the big box like Planet Fitness and and Lifetime Fitness and and those type of gyms. Uh, this would be complementary to that, um, and even in, possibly inside, you know, there's some synergy, you know, inside of of of, of some of these other um, other other types of, of bigger footprints where we can operate inside of them. But uh, as I said, uh, it's it it is it is powerful in and of itself if you can add um, this to your portfolio in the stri- in the strip center. Next to some of these complementary other specialty studios, uh, I think that's very powerful. Uh, and and again, this is very simple to operate. Uh, it, it's it's uh, and very powerful. So there's not a lot of moving parts, and there's not a lot of employees, which you know is very is very nice and refreshing for those of us that have operated businesses with lots of employees and moving parts, like restaurants. Now, uh, you mentioned restaurants, a lot of a trend that we're seeing a lot of uh, here in Atlanta and, and in my travels, I've seen a lot of these food halls where a bunch of restaurants are getting together in one space and then having kind of a food court kind of experience for the customer. Do you see the same thing <laughs> happening in fitness where a bunch of these complementary uh, brands are going to be all in one location and then you're getting kind of this mega gem experience from a customer standpoint, but it's kind of everything's kind of a la carte. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, and that's what we saw if you go back 20 years ago, and that's what that was the kind of big box gym. And, and certainly over the past 10 years, and most specifically over the past five years, has been the proliferation of these specialty studios. So, you know, everybody kind of said, I, I want to deconstruct this. I just want my yoga. I just want my Pilates. I just want my spin. I don't want to, I don't want them all in one place. Um, and, and and I just want a box, you know, or whatever that is. Um, and that's why there's so many of these just uh, uh, individual kind of disciplines in a studio. Now, everybody has mixed, you know, saunas. They put them in now with cryo and float tanks and all this, all these other services. And and it never it never works out well because the the benefit that we have in a studio and having a dozen or more suites is that you can get in you get you have privacy and you can get out um and unless you have that kind of quantity just putting one or two saunas in as a complimentary service you, you know is nice but eventually people are not not going to be able to get in right there's only 12 spots a, a day 12 hours, if you're open for 12 hours, that I can get in there. And so, so if somebody books it, I'm booked. And that's what I've experienced. You've got to have the capacity. And this in and of itself as a standalone is where, is where we really drive the benefits and, and ultimately the economics uh, of, of the model. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to Franchise Marketing Radio. Our guest today is co-founder and director with Hotbox Infrared Sauna Studio, Mr. Alex Samios, Alex Stone Payton here with Business Radio X. When it comes to marketing, getting the word out about the hot box opportunity to prospective franchisees, are you finding some marketing strategies, some media platforms more effective for you, more uh, more productive for you than others? Well, 
we know we're just launching the, the, the franchise opportunity now. And the, the key is we want to get the four open in Atlanta. Uh, and we'll have that done in the next 60 days. The other two will be open, uh, and, and, and really get things, t- get things really tight. Uh, and then, and then we're also expanding into five other cities. Um, in terms of the franchise opportunity, we, re- we really want number one, ideally experienced franchisees. Uh, somebody again, that we, that has a portfolio of something that can add this, that has a team that has infrastructure that can build out, you know, a major market as well. That would be ideal, um, to get, you know, another 10 type of, of Jamie's that can go and build, you know, 10 to 15 or 20 of these and control a market. Uh, now that said, it, we, the, we, we, the infrared technology is still so new that, you know, we're going to do some shows, but I think right now the launch is let's, let's get these couple open and then, then we're going to hit the press really hard, uh, and, and start shouting about, you know, the benefits of infrared, but also the opportunity, um, that's available. And, and so always my marketing approach. And, and again, I'm a partner in the fastest growing pet franchise is it's a, it's always a multi-prong approach. It's never one thing, you know, and it's, it's about taking parallel paths to increase your brand awareness, whether that's conferences or trade shows, uh, leveraging PR, um, buying leads, you know, putting them on portals, placement uh, ads and portals, getting, getting those articles written, influencers. I mean, it's, it's, it's all those things. So when it comes to digital marketing and particularly when you're bringing people into your world, maybe your website, is this increased attention that we're beginning to see toward, I don't know, ADA compliance and, and privacy and data security. Is that kind of thing starting to impact you guys at all, or is that really hit, hit your radar yet? No, not, not really. Not yet. Um, oh, and, and again, Hotbox is new on and anything I've done with other brands. Um, you know, the, the digital, it, you know, you've got to have a strong digital footprint and, 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 yeah. and, and obviously or searching organic search before paid search is key, and a lot of that again starts with PR and and getting um, and getting that that uh, digital footprint uh, out there, and and not and, and not having to pay for it is really key as well, and that's through influencers or other folks as well. But getting people talking about your brand, and and that's you know number one, and and some of you know as marketing, you know some of your for any brand. Some of your first franchisees should be your customers, right? If they're going to be your early adopters, they're going to be your passionate uh, folks that are that are using uh, your, your your services or product. Uh, that's the low hanging fruit for potential franchisees is market to your existing customers, right? Yeah, right. Now uh, you mentioned uh, Dogtopia. Can you tell us a little bit about what you got going on over there? Uh, yeah, Dogtopia is uh, the fastest growing brand in the pet industry, as I said, which is now almost an $80 billion industry. So we're bigger than the health and fitness space, the pet industry, that is. Uh, and uh, Dogtopia based in Phoenix here. Uh, I'm the vice president of development for the company and one of the partners, but we bought the company four years ago uh, with 28 locations, uh, four of which were company owned. Uh, so we had you know, 20, a uh, little over 20 franchisees. Um, and uh, bought it from the founder, and now we're, we're at 130 stores open in just a couple of years. 
Uh, we're opening this year 70, uh, more than one a week, and we've got uh, I've sold over 250 in development, uh, 120 of which were last year alone. Uh, 120 new licenses were sold last year, so we're on track to hit 400 um, centers open by 2023, which is exciting. And our our focus is daycare, boarding, and spa services for dogs. Now, uh, this must be very rewarding work, and um, what's the most rewarding part for you? Um, on with Dogtopia or just in general? Just in general, you know, going from, you know, evolving from franchisee, working in corporate. Now you got, you know, yeah. your franchisor and multiple concepts now, and you're really helping people, um, really serve their community. And you've hit the pinnacle, yeah. man. You're on the business radio X franchise marketing radio show. I mean, you're, you're at the top of your game. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Uh, well, I think I, I, I love growth. I love being in that, you know, that hyper growth phase, whether it's gone from like we are hotbox zero to, you know, a dozen in the first year or going from 130 to 200 at Dogtopia. Um, and, and, and that's really exciting. And, and I guess, you know, what I do all day is, is being able to recruit and talk to franchisees and, and or candidates, right? Uh, from all the, from all these different backgrounds and get them excited about the brand and, and learn about their backgrounds. And, and obviously you don't, you don't, they don't all join you, but it's great just talking franchising and sharing the opportunity with folks. Uh, and some fit, some don't, uh, but at least, you know, the, the power of franchising is, is just what I wake up and it just, it, it gets me fired up. I eat and live and breathe it every day as I have in, and more and more um, of, of candidates, uh, we call a lot of our, you know, in franchising, a lot of a lot of the franchisees come from corporate America, right? I call them corporate refugees, first-time entrepreneurs uh, that are kind of fed up and want to do something, control their destiny, and do something they love. And franchising is just a great model uh, that's proven. It's a system. It's support. You don't have to figure everything out. And it's, it's just to see where the franchise industry has come over the past, you know, 20, 30 years is, is awesome. Now, are you seeing a difference in the personality of these franchisees over the years? Um, well, there's definitely a bigger appetite for multi-unit, right? And, and I think, um, you know, if you can do one of anything, you know, the first one's always the hardest one. Uh, as a franchisee, duplicating it or replicating those efforts uh, should be easier if you're with the right franchise brand and they're providing the right support um, and, and assuming there's, there's no barriers like real estate and things like that. Uh, but that's, that's probably one of the differences is, is seeing an appetite for multi-unit operations um, and, and really people understanding that, hey, that, that's really the path to financial freedom as well as if you're making X amount of dollars with one, well, you can make X times five if you own you know, several of these. Plus, it frees, it gives you the capability to hire those levels between your management store level and you. Uh, it gives you that, those resources to be able to hire those different levels. Uh, and, 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 and you might have to do a lot of heavy lifting in the beginning, but eventually you're going to have a better quality of life by those multiple units throwing off the, that kind of cash. Well, knowing that going in, does as a franchisor, do you kind of build that into your process now? That maybe maybe twenty, thirty years ago, you were thinking that most people were going to be single owners, or there'd be a lot of those that you'd have to deal with. 
Yeah, I, th- I well, I think I think as a franchisor, obviously, you know, if you have 300 locations, uh, I think every franchisor would like to say they'd rather have 10 franchisees controlling 300 locations rather than 300 franchisees controlling 300 locations. Um, and just for our level of support and, you know, and, and dealing with the number of people that we dealt with. And Papa John's did that. They, instead of like Domino's, Domino's was all single unit owner operators. And Papa John started selling, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 store areas. Uh, and so, you know, I remember in, in California, you could put 10 of us around a room that controlled the entire state of California. Uh, that would be, you know, 500 or, or I don't, I'm just making this up, but it was hundreds of franchisees with Domino's. So getting 500 people to agree on one thing is a lot harder than 10. Uh, and so again, the levels of support are different. So I think franchisors kind of made it sexier and kind of wanted to focus on those bigger area developers. And, and also I think the single unit franchisee looked up and, and said, Hey, I, I want to be a, uh, I want to be them, you know, and, and, I want to own three of something or five of something. And so I think we've put them on a pedestal and I think other people have aspired to be area developers or multi-unit operators as well. Well, Alex, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wanted to learn more about Hotbox, uh, what's the website for a franchisee, prospective franchisee? Hotboxsaunastudio.com. And then you're here in Atlanta. Um, you want to give a shout out to some of the Atlanta the how to find the Atlanta folks? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're open in Vinings, we're open in Sandy Springs, Midtown, and Buckhead are coming soon, uh, and that'll complete the initial phase of Atlanta. Um, and obviously, we're looking for you know folks to help us build out that market as well. Uh, and then we'll become in Orange County, California, Los Angeles, Denver, Dallas, Portland. So uh, keep a lookout. And if you can, you know, uh, those of you listening ever tried an inference on it, you know, go find one, try it, and and find a hot box. Uh, but thank you guys. Appreciate your time today and happy new year. All right. Well, thank you for being part of the show. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.